Welcome to Rex Factor. This time, news and previews. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello. Hello. And uh, welcome to Rex Factor, where today we're not reviewing any uh, kings or queens. What is going on? Scots. Well, we've been off for a while. Yeah. It's been, I think it was November that we did Beckett. So was it really? It's been even longer ago since we last did a Scot. I just, I said I thought it was a month. That's, wow. Okay. Well, it's been Christmas. New it's year. been Christmas. It's been New Year. Um, and the reason we're doing this episode is partly because we've been off for a while. We've got a few bits and bobs to tell you about. And then the next Scottish episode will be Robert the Bruce. Well, there'll be no time for well, exactly. any additional stuff. It's going to be ram-packed, jam-packed, yeah. jam-packed full. Ram-packed of... full of Scott. Jam, jam rams <laughs> full of Scots. So, uh, we were going to do Robert the Bruce on the day that he was actually trending on Twitter. Why? Because, I don't know if you've seen, his face was... Um, you, were, you probably weren't, for reasons that will become apparent in a minute, you probably weren't following the news... <laughs> Well, we'll see. You'll see in the next episode. Yeah. But his um, his face was basically reconstructed digitally okay. by scientists, and then they put it out on the day that we were gonna. Oh, that's a shame. It. We didn't do it on that but day. But I was thinking, oh, this is a shame because you're bound to see it in that time. But of course, you haven't been looking at any of this stuff for a while because you've got uh, some news. Of yes, your own to yeah. Share. Well, I've, yeah, I haven't been doing. Uh, I've been neglecting Rex Factor, and I've been neglecting our lovely friends on Facebook. Uh, not because I hate you all. But because I've had a little baby boy. Dynasty one. Uh, I haven't had a little baby boy. This hasn't been it. But um, nevertheless, one now exists in my household that is half me. Um, (laughs) Which is a weird way of saying I've got a baby boy. As yet unnamed. Yes, and it's not that new. Two weeks? Yeah, it's not new, is Was it? Is it coming up to three? It's three. Oh, yeah. No, it's three weeks. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, it's three weeks. Thank you, Graham. Um, yeah, three weeks tomorrow. I'll send you a notice in about 11 months. Time. <laughs> that would be really helpful. Uh, um, well, yes, so that has been rather, rather busy, mate. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I can't think of words. And it was slap, but I mean, it was actually a couple of days after the due date when we were going to record Robert the Bruce, but then it was, you know, it's just... I was, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was so full of uh, confidence for that. I was like, it'll be fine, yeah, no, just, we'll record it, it'll be all right. Oh, my God! Uh, so, yeah, we haven't had time to do much. But if you do think of names, let us know, because we've got another... Uh, we've got six weeks to register him, mm. so we've got a month left. No, God! No, that was got, when it started. three weeks left. Uh... <laughs> But given that we've had nine months-ish to think about it, I don't imagine... <laughs> uh, maybe that will knee-jerk us into a, a quick name, bad decision. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking what we, we could do, like a little competition maybe, because as you see from the next uh, thing on my list, we've mm. now got merchandise. Oh, we certainly open. do. So we could have like a little... If somebody guesses the name yeah. correctly, maybe a little, uh, yes. little badge or something. Uh, we'll wing their way, yeah. I mean, the alternative, of course, is just to open it up to the Rex Factor listeners to decide. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should start a poll, actually. Mm. Let's do a poll yeah. and see who wins. And then, I mean, I wouldn't like this to be necessarily binding because <laughs> I don't have total authority over this. But um, that'd be interesting nonetheless. Yeah. And 
Edward is on a on a longer shortlist. Mm. Mm. Um, Dunstan, however, oh, I'm really tempted to post that WhatsApp <laughs> chat that we had <laughs> when when I've told you the news. Yeah, I think I'll do that. I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll screen grab it and post yeah. it. That was brilliant. <laughs> Graham's first response was uh, uh, Dunstan question mark, and I'll just immediately veto. But also, I kept. Uh, I think you were the first person I told about the birth because I kept <laughs> Graham know, yeah. in the loop uh, on all uh, all all what? the ins and outs yes. say, of the goings on <laughs> at the hospital. Uh, and it just merged into a sort of a, a World War Two narrative, didn't it? Yes, we were, it was all a, a you know, grand metaphor of campaigns, which worked quite well. For, did work out very well. Yeah, I was surprised when, for example, when uh, waters broke, the Churchill quote is perhaps the end of the beginning came yeah. to, and then we had D Day, and then yeah. maybe ten minutes later VJ Day. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it was it was enormous fun. Graham and I had great fun, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone had a riot. Uh, the medical staff were loving all the updates. It's like, see this one. See yeah, this yeah. One. Uh, they weren't forthcoming with any ideas, and mm. especially as I fainted three times. But, you know, maybe he's more manly than I am. <laughs> so, uh, mm. that's some lovely news to start the new year. Mm-hmm. 2017's going to be a good one. Oh, Yes. Now, the other thing which I just uh, alluded to there is that finally, after promising it for about 18 months or so... Oh, I'm so sorry. We have merchandise. We do! Oh, I love it. I'm really excited about it. So it's on uh, Zazzle. We've got the links on our various pages, but mm. I think it's zazzle.co.uk forward slash, slash Rex Factor, yeah. or one word. But at the moment, we've largely just got some mugs. Yes. Also a few other little bits and bobs. Yeah. A few other little bits and bobs. They, um, uh, yeah, a few other little bits and bobs. We've got uh, a phone case and we've got some memory sticks. But all sorts of things are coming your way. They just take a while to uh, put onto the website because we want to have all the different logos and sayings yeah, on each product. Sizing yeah. and T-shirts and I imagine various baby. Oh, yes. Carol oh, yeah. Finding its way mm-hmm. to the website. So uh, do have a look there and see if there's anything that takes your fancy. The uh, the branding and all the new logos and stuff that we've got is thanks initially to uh, quite a fun process Ali and I had. We went yeah. to Anglia Ruskin University in Cambridge. Yeah. And there were some graphic design students there who basically took Rex Factor on as their project. <laughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? And we went along and did a presentation telling them all about Rex Factor. Yeah. Which was, in a way, like our first live performance. Yes, I really I really appreciated that because we'd never, um, we'd never had to sort of actually uh, talk about what we do. And, you know, mm. when you actually speak about something out loud, it really helps to focus the mind you think oh yeah we do do that that's <laughs> true <Yeah. laughs> i mean maybe that was just me but. well it was a classic moment i think remembering when we were preparing for it and we got the uh, sort of presentation done on powerpoint and then i think i sent you a message saying do we need to like do a run through and prepare what we're going to set way up or should we just wing it <laughs> i think you all know what the reply was <laughs> <laughs> well and it went down a treat they were all extremely talented and the winner was mm. Sophie Potterill, and we'll put all of her details up so you can see all of her other stuff and get in touch. Yeah, so the main um, sort of conceit that she came up with, which we loved, was the portraits of the monarchs, but with yeah. headphones on, mm. um, which we thought just re- they look really cool. We think they look really iconic. She then did a logo for us. Mm. Uh, but then to get the merchandise itself done, because we had to... Um, 
We had to make it onto the things. <laughs> <laughs> had to modify it so that it fitted onto everything. Thank you. The right yes. sizing, the right looks. Yeah. Um, added some nice designs like the actual Rexact logo going on the headphones. Yeah, that was great. That, and depending on whether they're side on or not. So that was all thanks to a uh, Rex Factor fan and fellow podcaster. Yes. Uh, the man, the legend <laughs> that is Rob Boyle of uh, Totalis Rankium. Yes, and another uh, podcast, similar idea where rating uh, Caesars this time. I think mm. we've mentioned them before. Yes, but uh, Roman emperors. Yeah. Caesars, did I say? Yes, I mean the same thing, essentially. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're going to have to keep an army today. <laughs> um, uh, but he, fantastic. So, I mean, the, the skill of them both is is awesome, but we'll put all of their details up all over the place. And if you fancy a bit of um, uh, Roman stuff mm. have a listen yeah and if you've got any ideas for things that you'd like to see on a mug or on a t-shirt any catchphrases or monarchs or yeah other characters things like that let us know and uh yeah so we've now got our mugs and all that sort of stuff set uh-huh. up and we've had a chance to review the uh, crowdfunding yeah. levels so this is where lots and lots of lovely people pay us uh, each month voluntarily and you get various rewards in return depending on the level at which you yeah, I mean they essentially keep this going, really yeah. keep us in. So we've um, we've had a little think. We're going to slightly revise what you get at the different levels. Uh, w- yes. Now this is on the back of actually finally producing merchandise. Yes. <laughs> so just in case you think we're horrifying capitalists, we get very very little for each <laughs> each item that's bought. Quite depressingly little. There's a uh, base cost for these things. They don't. <laughs> and I would I. Uh, <laughs> We've chatted about this, but anyway, uh, it means that we have to start your advising. Sorry. And also, I think we hadn't anticipated when we started how popular the um, commissioning your own special episodes would yeah, be. Yeah. So we've got a lot more of those than we thought. Mm. So when I think initially we were just like, oh, everyone can just have those for free. Yeah. Um, but of course, we're now doing Privy Chamber bonus episodes. Yeah. So we'll explain. So this is what you get. So for $1 a month from now on, um, you'll get the mention on the podcast and you get free access to the Privy Chamber recordings. So you're getting more episodes. More episodes. Every time we do a normal episode, you get another one for free. You are a Privy Councillor, you have entrance to the Privy Chamber. And you can't buy the Privy Chamber episodes, they're only available through this. $2 a month, you get a mention, a comment read out on the podcast, and access to the Privy Chamber. Now at $5 a month, you get the mention, the comment, the Privy Chamber, and at this level, you get free access to the special episodes. Yeah. Then at $10 a month, you get all of those things, plus a Privy Councillor mug. Yep, there we go. So, uh... At $15 a month, you get all of the above, and you get to commission a blog on the subject of your choice. Lovely stuff. And for $25 a month, you get all of the above, um, but instead of the blog, you get to commission a special podcast episode on the subject of your choice. Aha. And... We'll throw you in a Privy Councillor T-shirt. Oh yes, not quite designed yet, but it will be much quicker to do than <laughs> it was previously. It'll take about half an hour instead of eighteen months. For those existing Privy Councillors mm. who are on one and two dollars a month and previously had have had access to yeah. the special episodes, what we thought we'd do is that because you've already signed up for this, although we want to switch it, you're going to keep having access for the rest of the year, the rest yeah. of 2017. So you're still going to get all of the special episodes of this year. Yeah. But at the end of the year, we will then yeah, switch completely. it completely. So anyone new coming in, you need to be at the $5 a month. If you're already a Privy Councillor, you'll still get it for the rest yeah. of the year. So hopefully that's not... And that applies as you go up, doesn't it? So if you've already paid your $5... You will get a yeah. mug. Yeah. Speaking of which... So, the mugs. 
Now, what I've done is I have included in each mug a little thank you from uh, me and Graham for holding on so long and being so patient. Now, what we did is these these little somethings are heritage playing cards. The ones that Ali... Uh... That we look at that I usually weren't ex- wasn't expecting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've gone through and I've taken out one Henry II. So from two packs of cards, there's only one Henry II mm. as Rex Factor winner. Mm. Now, these have all been shuffled and they're all put into the mugs completely at random. So I have no idea who's getting the overall Rex Factor winner Henry II mug. Not mug, card in their mug. <laughs> the person who gets that... If they could let us know and perhaps post a picture of themselves with this onto Facebook or Twitter or uh, email it in if you'd prefer, uh, we will be sending out another little special bit of merch for you. So a little, just a little game within the Privy Councillors. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, God. Oh. It's good. You get it all out of the system for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shall we let the listeners do the talking for a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Because we've had lots of messages, and obviously we've not been able to read them out. And for the Robert the Bruce, we're going to be so busy that yeah. I don't think we'll have time. So we're getting them in now. First of all, we had an email from Ryan Cresswell. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you watched Danny Dyer's episode of Who Do You Think You Are recently, but it turned out that he was the 22nd great-grandson of Edward III. As Edward is the 17th great-grandfather to the Queen, I just wondered if it is possible to work out Danny's relationship to the Queen. I'm presuming very distant cousins, but thought it would be a good Rex fact to work out. And did you take this challenge? I did take this challenge. Now, for anyone who's not familiar with uh, Danny Dyer... um, (laughs) (laughs) Never thought he would have made it onto the (laughs) podcast. uh, Well, he's currently in EastEnders. Yeah. But he's he's a very, very London... Landon. Landon. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Underneath the type. The least likely person to be related to... Yeah. Edward III. And, that, yeah, and yeah. Thomas Cromwell. Really? Thomas Cromwell? Is yeah, he related to him as well? Thomas Cromwell oh, as right. well. Yeah. I mean, probably better explain what EastEnders is as well to our American friends. Yes, EastEnders is a soap opera. Yeah. Imagine... Dynasty. Dynasty. Not the programme. <laughs> not the programme. And also not quite like that programme. No. But. Set in a, a slightly poorer suburb of East London. Yes. Anyway, I think they have uh, Who Do You Think You Are in America so and Canada and Australia and all sorts mm. of places. I'm sure people will be aware of it. But basically, it's a genealogy program. They trace mm. who you're related to. Anyway, I've had a little look at trying to work out the Danny Dyer situation. <laughs> it's not an exact science, but based on the numbers of generations from him to Edward III and the Queen to Edward III, I think he's something like the 18th cousin five times removed of the Queen. I have a little bit of, I mean, well done. This is great. You're taking the challenge. Um, there you go, Ryan. But I have a little problem with these sort of things. Mm. I'm not sure how impressive that is. I mean, that sounds less impressive than Descended from Edward III. Yeah. But something that was 800 years ago, aren't we all distantly related to them? It was something on More or Less podcast did a thing on I like, listened to that. who's yeah. related to Edward III. And I think one of the things they always assume is that like, there's, they don't take in, always take into account things like social non-mobility like mm. royals staying within the royals and people from abroad that come in so i don't know i think there must be a lot of people who aren't descended from edward the third wasn't there something on qi though about everyone in that they were talking about uh people who are descended from um genghis uh, khan was he the was, was it genghis khan i was thinking of um holy roman emperor what's his name uh uh you know 
Thingy the Great. Uh, Gregory, no. Oh. Constantine. Is it Constantine? Him. <laughs> and uh, but this is a history podcast and we're talking about <laughs> EastEnders and we can't work out our oh, first Roman Emperor Holy Roman Emperor anyway Holy Roman Emperor and they're saying that everyone in the crowd was oh, related to him Charlemagne oh my goodness me oh <laughs> phew um, and uh, because of the so because it was so long ago that yeah. so anyway I don't want to disparage the whole program and if you're distantly related to someone that's great <laughs> I don't have the energy to go into that <laughs> I suppose part of it is being able to prove who you're descended from, which a lot of people. That's won't the interesting be thing. Yeah, to actually, to me, it's the it's the record to show yeah. that you've got all this admin in place for <laughs> yeah. so many years. Not that you know it because if you when something's been diluted by fifteen generations or something, it's not like you're going to have the same temperament or something. You know, <laughs> it's just that you can trace things. That's mm. the exciting bit. Um, here's another one Oliver Rutt uh, by email and uh, I think you'll be able to uh, sympathise with this one I'm a huge fan of your podcast having been introduced to it by my wife Laura Duggan Laura is currently expecting our first child and has just started maternity leave Uh she's feeling very tired and very fed up and listening to Rex Factor is the only thing that makes her feel better would you be able to say hello to her on your next podcast if you could it would absolutely make her day (laughs) P.S. if the baby is a boy we intend to call it Edward after Edward the First clearly the best king yes oh uh, that tell you what that is 10 out of 10 that that (laughs) message that's ticked all of the boxes uh um what was i meant to say Uh, hello hello hi maternity leave i i keep calling shore leave (laughs) it's really well said like you're still on shore leave and it's really hard to shake out um sleep a lot was she asking for advice he oh just to say hello hello (laughs) and uh well, I can't quite remember when that came in, so I suppose baby may have come along now. Baby so Edward. Let us know how yeah. it is, if it is an Edward or if it's an yeah. Edwina. <laughs> uh, now, you may recall a while ago, someone messaged in about um, a mnemonic for monarchs. Yeah. Where you've got like, the Willy Willy, Harry Steve, da 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 But pointing out there were no Saxons included in this. Yeah. So we offered the challenge to the listeners whether someone could come up with one. So David Board has had a go. Anglo-Saxons as king began with Alfred, Edward, and Athelstan. Edmund, Edred, Edwig, all led. Then Edgar, Edward, and Ethelred. <laughs> That's fabulous. Sven the Viking overthrew. Then came Ethelred, part two. <laughs> Edmund beaten. Then came three Danes. Canute, Harold. Then Hartha reigns. Edward and Harold, the Saxons restore before the Normans win the war. That is he a poet? Well, or, well, evidently. Yeah, he's a poet and he didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, despite me messing a little bit up at the end as well. Well done, Dave. That's an That's excellent effort. That's brilliant. I, I mean, can we? I'm going to stick those lyrics on Facebook. That's really fun. We could put them on a mug or on a t shirt. Oh. In the yeah, there you go. Well, These are the kind of options that are available to us. <laughs> exactly. Now. And uh, an email from Lily Mayer on Dorothy Dunnett. Who's that? Well, let's find out. Uh, Dorothy Dunnett um, is. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds like a really bad pun. Dorothy done it. <laughs> oh. um, basically, this is based on some of your Audible reviews. Yeah. Lily's really into her historical fiction, and she's really recommending The King Hereafter by Dorothy Dunnett, which is about Macbeth. Right. Um, and there's lots of very, very scholarly 
um, in terms of its research, and it posits him as being the same person as Thorvin the Mighty. Now she says, I think both of you would enjoy King Hereafter. Ali, because it's great historical fiction written with the very best of characters and some cracking good battles. Graham, I think you'll appreciate the scholarship and the deep complexity of the political intricacies that are woven so cleverly throughout. Do you know Dorothy Dunnett? No, but thanks for the tip. <laughs> uh, I am. I, I will. I think that sounds great. I'm currently reading War with Russia. Ooh, it's very good. Who's that by? Uh, an ex Deputy Supreme Allied Commander Europe. Mm. Very recent one. So it's all it's all about like Ukraine and uh, Putin Modern stuff. Yeah, <laughs> not really Rex Factor material, but fun also. <laughs> uh, now. Heading back to the approved councillors, thank you mm. very much to all the people who have been donating yeah. uh, recently. We've got a lot of people to thank. On PayPal, one-off donations from Pale Zander 88 mm-hmm. and thank uh, you very much. Martin Duke. Oh, Duke Senior? Duke Senior. Duke. Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Duke. And lots of privy councillors, and uh, we'll have to leave some of them over to next time, because otherwise yeah. it'll go on forever. But Cindy and Martin Harris. Thank you. Leisha uh, Boudouin. St. Timmy. St. Timmy. Mm. Pearl. And then a number. Daniel Lindbergh, James E. Ryan Rammel, Kelsey Ingram, Joe Tully, Jay Randall, Jabal Miller, Amy, or Actwow on the username, James Moy, Star Kate 85, Alison Melnikova, Emily Jones, Fraser Anderson, Courtney Marr, Emma Louise Riley, Dan Desler, Ruth Kerfoot, L.A. Anderson, M. Tranter, Daniel Thorpe, Catherine Orr, John McCright, Brian Hessick, Lily Mayer, Tim Holden, and Andy Scott. Way! Thank you very much. I'm particularly interested in Andy Scott. Well, you're going to hear from uh, a few of these. Um, first of all, t- uh, Tim Seeley, who mm. was not in that list, but he did email a while ago. He did message a while ago as a privy councillor, so he deserves to have his thing read out. And it is for you. Oh. One question, if I may, and apologies if it's been asked before, but like Ali, I love castles and wondered which are your favourites to visit. Which might not necessarily be the same as your favourite castles, I suppose. No, true. I think... I think you- yeah, favourites to visit would probably be Kenilworth. Mm. It's just beautiful. It's a stunning setting. Go in, go in sort of May. Mm. All the beautiful flowers still, still um, spring flowers still there. And the gardens, the, mere, the gardens, amazing. The Elizabethan yeah. Garden. There. Uh, aside from that, Bodium for if you're up for its classic sort of here's a castle surrounded yeah. by a moat <laughs> business, uh, and Caerphilly. Because it's a great experience, that one. They've got a trebuchet near yeah. say more. <laughs> so that's Kenilworth in Warwickshire, Bodium yep. in Suffolk? Is it Suffolk? Uh, Kent or Sussex. Or Sussex. Mm, I Sussex. Yeah. And then Carefully in Carefully Wales. in Wales. Yeah. South Wales. Yeah. Not one of Edwards? It's just, they're so far away. I mean, definitely <laughs> my favourite. If I'm not going on a holiday, I'd love to have a little holiday to Snowdonia. And mm. if I'm ever that way, there's always a castle being taken in. Um, and... It's Carnarfon for completeness. Yeah. Mm. Epic. So, uh, Kristen Desler. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you remember that we Dan Desler was the name, but it was Kristen that set it up. And she says, Hello, I'd like to donate this pledge and membership to the Privy Councillor to my husband, Dan Desler. Arise, Sir Dan. Please wish him an early Merry Christmas as he is your biggest fan. You'll make his day. Now, obviously, she did this before Christmas 2016, <laughs> so it'll be a very early... And I just realised the name's Sir Desler. So, uh, so, sorry for all this. <laughs> so, uh, Merry Christmas 2017, Dan. Probably the first. And also, <laughs> that's a brilliant name. Mm-hmm. Dan Desler. It sounds like <laughs> a stuntman from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, now, we've had some requests for shout-outs from some new Privy Councillors. Kate Williams to uh, my little brother Pete and my top squad, Alice, Emma, Embro and Jem. Good, good squad. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Claire Reed requested a shout-out to Andy, Lav and Dave. Lav? Lavinia, maybe? Lavender? Lav, I just... Well, I... Yeah. I was worried that it, she meant, like, toilet. <laughs> Hello, I'm sorry toilet. if I started the bullying oh, my campaign. My closest friends. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. And Andy Scott, he has requested a By the Holy Face of Luca to, and this will reveal the answer to your previous huh. question, James Lavender. Okay. Claire Reed, who previous, mm. and my girlfriend Liz, who now has to listen to Constant Rex Facts. Good. Uh, by the Holy Face of Luca, though I think they want you to do it. By the Holy Face of Luca. <laughs> I can't even yes. remember how I did it. I can't remember how we did it either. That is on a mug, of course, yes. if you like that. You can buy those. And then this from Emma Pope McWright. This is actually a gift for from my dad. We have both been fans of the podcast for a while, and he asked for his name to be read on Rex Factor. You can just call him John McWright, or you could call him John Elvis Rex McWright, <laughs> after Elvis Costello, not Presley. He'd get a real kick out of that. Is that his name, do you reckon? Or is that just what he's adopted? Oh, well, I don't know. Well, if it is, that's brilliant. I mean, this has given me so many <laughs> ideas for names. Elvis. I like that. Well, actually, tell you what. Sorry to go back a few few pages. But um, uh, Rex mm. is on the short list. Still- I, yeah, because I thought we want a, uh, a Rexy name. Mm. It's Can't quite Rexier than Rex. Well, yeah. And uh, trouble is, with a single syllable surname, it's very difficult. And there's a lot of problems with Edward Hood, is, mm. for example, a bit, a bit clunky. But Rex, hmm, Hmm. maybe Rex Elvis. Maybe. And finally, from Duncan McCauley. My girlfriend's dad got me into this podcast, and we both discuss kings and queens at length now, much to the annoyance of the women, who for some reason <laughs> seems to be... All women. <laughs> women. He donated to you last time, but I want to get him knighted as one of the inner circle Privy Council for Christmas. Anyway, I was wondering if on the next episode, if you've not recorded it yet, you wouldn't mind saying I had to pull a favour to get him on the Privy Council or something. And maybe I should have... So not read that out loud, but actually, <laughs> that. yeah, because obviously, because quite correctly, we really had to, yeah, pull, out pull the, a few uh, strings. Um, when he heard you give him a shout out, he almost crashed the car, but he didn't, so that's okay. Boom. His name's Tim Holden. Well, arise, Sir Tim Holden, and what a lovely thing. Uh, who's that? Duncan. Duncan, of course, did for you. I think what a star. What a star. Thank you, Duncan, and welcome, Thank you. Sir Tim. Now, um, that's all the news. Mm. What about the previews? Ooh. So we thought, as we haven't done anything in quite a while, and we've been a little bit rambly in this mm. one, because yeah. <laughs> baby and not being on for a while, we've had a special episode on Thomas Beckett. Mm-hmm. So we're going to play you a little clip from that, I think from the start oh. of the episode, just to give you an idea. If you'd like to uh, buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no excuse. Oh, dear. Then do so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first seven minutes or so uh, of that episode, so if you'd like to hear the whole thing, it's just $2 at a time for our special episodes, or, of course, become Privy Councillor at the $5 mark now, and you get them all for free. Mm-hmm. And also, we're going to play a clip from one of our aforementioned Privy Chamber recordings. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So these are what we're doing after all of our normal podcasts, though I don't think we'll do one after this one. Um, we keep recording after we finish, so we... Sit down, 
mm-hmm. get another cup of tea, yep. have a, a bit of a chat, reflecting on the episodes. Yep. Some of my research we didn't have time to put into the main one. We yeah. go through that as well. So hopefully that's a bit of fun, a bit behind the magic. Yeah, and it's a bit more... I suppose a bit more like this one, actually. Yes. Less, <laughs> less focused on getting all the points done in time. It's just yeah. a bit bit of a chat, and we respond more in depth to uh, Privy Councillor's comments, so we get a bit of a chat going. Yeah, and so if you become a Privy Councillor at any level whatsoever, $1 up to all the top levels, you get free access yeah. to these podcasts. So, have a listen to these, and uh, we'll be back very soon with Robert the Bruce. Cheerio! So, first up, here is the start of our special episode on Thomas Beckett. Welcome to a special episode of Rex Factor! This time, Thomas Beckett! With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello! Hello! And welcome to another special episode of Rex Factor. I, I feel special. You should, because this time we're doing a very famous, very famous person, a very famous incident. Very famous saint? Out of Thomas Beckett. Not ah. Not ah. We will come to... Uh, that mm. and his name but uh this is quite a good one for us to come to because obviously we covered this during the henry the second episode rex factor winner we've got henry there pointing mm. uh but it's one of those where it could have gone into it in so much detail but because you've got to keep the episode to a certain mm. length obviously we had to keep fairly quick zoom through it so yeah. we've got a lovely chance to uh really delve deeply into exactly why beckett and henry the second had that falling out how it is that beckett came Spoiler to be <laughs> well, and also perhaps how he came to give uh, Henry that awesome score, which ultimately gave him the Rex Factor. Exactly. Uh, he's born on the twenty-first of December, eleven nineteen. Certainly mm, in uh, Cheapside in London. Not a salubrious start. Mm. Uh, Location rather. And he is the son of Gilbert Beckett and Matilda. Very strong names. Mm. Now. You were mentioning earlier, of course, the issue of Thomas Beckett's name. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people say Thomas a Beckett. Well, I mean, certainly at school it was always Thomas a Beckett. There doesn't really seem to be any particular reason for this, other than that later on it just kind of slipped in, I think almost by accident. What? Into Chronicles, and then various people started saying Thomas a Beckett. But his name is definitely Thomas Beckett. That's crazy. I mean, why isn't it suddenly Henry P. the Eighth? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so weird. <laughs> but well, well, there's a quote here from the seventeenth uh, century historian Henry Wharton, who uh, thought he was putting this to bed once and for all. It obviously didn't what, quite what work. What was this? Um, well, it's seventeenth century. Right. This is a small error, but being so often repeated, deserveth to be observed and corrected. If the vulgar call him Thomas a uh, Becket. Their mistake is not to be followed by learned men. Well, and that's where we step up and say, no A. Are we sure it wasn't his initial? It wasn't Thomas A. Beckett. (laughs) I reckon that is it, you know. Thomas Alexander Beckett. Yeah. Has that ever been muted as a theory? No, but it's one of those to add to the shortlist for your potential PhD theses. There we go. Um, His actual name in terms of Beckett probably derives from a family link to Beck Abbey. Where's that? uh, In Normandy. 
Okay. See where his parents are from. But it's actually unlikely that he used the name at all. What? So he would have been called Thomas of London in his early years, or later Thomas the Chancellor or Thomas the Archbishop, because the surnames aren't commonly used at this point. So if anything, it's kind of a derogatory thing that people would bring up to remind him of his oh, more right. humble origins than those of royal or more noble birth. I mean, that if you're born in Cheapside in London, mm. being called Thomas of London, everyone's going to... I mean, a lot of people are going to turn their heads around at that time, are they? Thomas of London. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. yeah, that's confusing. So, just to be clear then, his p- parents were French, or his, it was a French family name, but he wouldn't have spoken French. Well, so his father's from a place called Tierville, near Beck Abbey in Normandy. Um, he was probably either a farmer or sort of a rural knight, so a very right. minor landowner. Uh, and his mother's from Cannes. Oh, right, so probably French parents. Probably French. So they come over to London about 1110, Hmm. so a few years before he's born. So he would have spoken French, but also would have known English because he grows up properly in London. A flying start, Hmm. bilingual. He's the only surviving son, but they did have four sisters that all survive into adulthood, so it's a fairly decently sized family. Um, In terms of their status, his father, Gilbert, probably became a draper's merchant Mm. in London, which is... We assume that based on the fact that he owned a house between Ironmonger Lane and Old Jewry. And you can really determine someone's profession by the location. Yeah, so uh, quite near Bank Station. Huh. Nowadays, obviously, yeah. it wasn't uh, <laughs> so useful at the time. Um, and his father did develop a certain standing in society because he served as one of London's four sheriffs. Oh, right, that's point. quite a, a post. Yeah, and these, that's the days before they had mayors. Mm. So the sheriff, quite a decent position. In terms of Beckett himself, he's unusually tall for the time, about six foot, uh, quite slender with fair skin and dark hair, and apparently quite a thin face, but large eyes, aquiline nose, Ooh. and quite strong features. He's said to be a very good-looking man, particularly as he's Sounds got it. older, he sort of quite, you know, mm. develops, he matures. Mm. Like a good Goes into his nose. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's said to have possessed a natural intelligence and a very uh, retentive memory. Right. Also, quite weirdly, John of Salisbury, who's one of his uh, associates who writes about him later, um, claimed that he had a very acute senses of smell and hearing. <laughs> How would he test that? <laughs> Thomas, can you smell that? Just <laughs> <laughs> running along an awful. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Get off my leg! <laughs> um, it's quite a solitary character, particularly in his uh, early years, very close to his mother when he was growing up. Um, and later on, he could be rather prone to anxiety. This, I mean, I know I'm, I don't mean to confuse the uh, apple cart already, <laughs> but he sounds an awful lot like another Thomas Cromwell. Well, he's, I mean, uh, it, I mean, he's coming from poor London origins to rise to, to rise become, up through the ranks and yeah. be called Thomas yes. and get on well with uh, be intelligent, obviously, and yeah. get on well with the mother over the father and mm. a king called Henry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it not ending, perhaps, as he might have hoped. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Both fiery types. Yeah. Um, But he does develop rather... um, Oh, and he probably had a bit of a stutter when he was younger as well. Oh, right. Uh, But he does seem to overcome that as an older man. How do we know that, sorry? Uh, It was reported by contemporaries. One of the things with Beckett is we know quite a bit about, I suppose, his character and things like that, because after he dies, all his monk friends... Mm. Right, hagiographies of him. He's okay. very crazy in biographies. So we get these life accounts that you wouldn't necessarily always get. Yeah. You sort of expect it of Thomas Cromwell because it's mm. well into the, the, well, it's only like 400 something years ago, but this is a really long time ago now. Mm. 
Um, and he does seem to have been quite sensitive about his humble origins. I guess that's something he takes with him, and I guess he would have been reminded about mm. um, as he develops as a player at court. Um, so he wrote at one point, I prefer to be a man in whom nobility of mind creates nobility, rather than one in whom nobility of birth degenerates. Perhaps I was born in a humble cottage, but through the aid of divine mercy, I lived very well indeed in my prejudice. What an excellent attitude. Mm. So that's the start of our special episode on Thomas Beckett. You can purchase the full episode, just over a couple of hours long, for just $2 if you go on to the uh, rexfactor.podbean website. Now, next up, here is an extract from the start of our Privy Chamber uh, bonus material on William Wallace. So, as we said, this is what Ali and I do after each of our normal podcast episodes now. A bit of behind-the-scenes casual chat and to give you a little glimpse of what that's like if you become a Privy Councillor at any level at all, you get free access to this. So, here is us on William Wallace. So, we've just done William Wallace. Yeah. What are your reflections on Wallace on the episode, having uh, having just done it? I was conflicted. I was trying to be as unbiased as possible because an enemy of Edward's is an enemy of mine. <laughs> uh, um, apart from to all our Jewish listeners out there, I don't mean to offend everyone. Um, but I had... Yeah, I was conflicted. I had begrudging respect, as you heard, that I had to give mm. him the Rex Factor. But also, he wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be in many mm. ways. Like the um, subjectivity was rubbish. He might not have had as much to do with the successes in the first place. So it was weird. I'm confused. Mm. There's a lot of mights and ifs and buts and maybes with Wallace. The problem is that yeah. there is this lack of evidence. Actually, we don't know quite a lot of who he was, yeah. exactly what he did. Yeah, you've got that year where he's got a certain amount of activity recorded, but then after that again, it goes a little bit murky. And then he just goes off on jaunts around Europe and doesn't really hold much use to the rest of the story. It mm. feels it'd be easier if every, if everyone if he just wasn't yeah, there. Scots Scots yeah. and English alike. But he was at least he was committed to Scottish independence. He wouldn't give up on that. That much is definitely true of the film. And like Edward, he's, he's quite stubborn. Yeah, yeah. I think my main problem with the episode mm. was that after my surprise yelling of freedom that <laughs> yes. I, I wasn't expecting to do, my voice never quite recovered. <laughs> and I finished the cup of tea about maybe two-thirds of the way through. Mm. Um, so apologies, Rex. I mean, not Rex fans, Privy Councillors. Privy Councillors. Yes. Yeah. Mm. The, uh, the Privy Councillors would have been locked up, but... Uh, not taken to the gallows by Wallace. Yeah, exactly. Far too but, noble. But the Rex fans, one in five of them, <laughs> got it round the neck. Mm. Uh, so that's Wallace. Mm. How about Edward? How did he do in this episode for you? I, I mean, classic, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's quality stuff, really top draw. But I didn't like the period of time when he seemed to just take his eye off the ball he didn't mm. have that plan for scotland that was i felt was very on edward it is very on edward and yeah. also then it seemed to be really apparent when he suddenly sort of got his game ba- face back on yeah. that he sort of woke up and then right oh yeah okay this is what i was doing and it was that not snatching the initiative mm. and then trying the nice approach too late yeah, that's what did it. Well, it's like in the uh, in your interview with Michael Prestwich and in his uh, in his book as well, where he says that Edward really does have an empathy problem. Yeah, and he can't understand how other people yeah. will 
view situations in which their dignity is being yeah. trampled all over. Completely. He's, it reminds me of... Uh, I can't think what sitcom this is in, or if indeed it is in one, <laughs> but you can imagine where you have a dodgy boss, so presumably it's The Office, mm. um, who's really aggressive and nasty and has been told he needs to be nicer mm. and then goes around the office being nice and everyone's just looking sideways and it's even <laughs> more awkward because yeah. at least you knew where you were yeah. before yeah um yeah he does have he just he's got many problems <laughs> and one of them is uh he's a grumpy grump what is gloomy goose yeah a grumpy grump and one of his problems is that these wars are unpopular in england and increasingly costly yeah in fact maybe the problem was wales Always a Welsh. Mm. Pesky Welsh. <laughs> Just imagine, it's a shame that he didn't say, because, uh, well, okay, we'll come to Braveheart later, but there's um, a line in the film where the Irish troops yeah. um, at Falkirk, in effect, um, are leading the English charge, but then they just all stop yeah, yeah. and shake hands with the Scots. Yeah. And Edward just says, Irish. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's brilliant in that. I can't remember his name. Uh, Patrick Patrick, Magoo. yeah. Yeah.